Jesus is alive. It's alive, it's alive. I tell you what, the glory feels good today. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Won't you be Jesus's? Well, who is my neighbor? Oh, is that, isn't that yeah, what they I'm say? not my Mr. Rogers keeper. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Hallelujah. We are the children of God because we live in the glory of His grace and mercy and love and obedience is simply a supernatural, natural reaction to being His children of His very seed. I worship the divine genetics in your bellies because I wouldn't be a God worshiper unless I was God conscious of Christ inside the born-again people who is fully God. So you have a different understanding of others who are truly the born-again race. It's what Peter calls them, the born-again race, a holy nation. The word nation there is ethnicity. To be born again is to become a different ethnicity. Genesis 2.4 says... These are the generations of the heavens and the earth that were created in the day that Jehovah God made earth and heaven. These are the generations of the heavens. Which means, the generation means the offspring or race of the heavens. In the very beginning of the Torah of Moses, the born-again race was prophesied a people without father and mother. A people without human fathers and human mothers. You realize that's what being born again is? You're no longer a human being? You no longer have human fathers? If you have human fathers, you're still under warlocks. If you have human mothers, you're still under sorcerers and witches. Which is why Babylon the Great has deceived the whole world. Because the human part of you is no longer of you. You are now of the generations of the heavens, Genesis 2-4. By simply agreeing with the word, the truth that created you and recreated you. You're born of flesh, a human being. You're born again of God, a generation of the heavenlies. And that's what you're awakening to. Awakening comes by your spirit man agreeing with the truth of God's word. So just because Adam and Eve doubted the word didn't mean it was true. It just means they wouldn't experience it anymore. And they went into the experience of the devil. And when they're under the experience of the devil, the Bible says they were cursed. Amen? Now that we're under the experience of Jesus Christ, our Redeemer, only if we're in faith of the generation of the heavenlies. Now the Bible does say you can be twice dead if you get bewitched and go back into the human being, having human beings as your fathers and mothers after you're born again, which is a rejection of being of the generations of the heavenlies. Genesis 2.4 
or the curse of the fall under devils in humanity, which is the mark of the beast in the forehead, those who have rejected God as their father and God as their mother, which means the divine part of them has never developed or grown up, and they're stuck in death, which is in the human being under the curse. So, all we need to overcome is our doubt and unbelief, and as we do, we'll manifest what God originally said, which is, I have made you in my image, and I have given you dominion from the heavens over the earth. Last night, as I was studying Torah in the midnight oil, I went into a vision, one of the craziest visions I've ever had, probably 30 minutes into reading and studying Torah. And the eyes of the sapphire stones were the eyes of my cosmic body, and it was so real. (laughs) And the heavenly perspective opened up inside my very head for a couple seconds, and I saw with my eyes as sapphire stones the vision of the cosmic body of what a heavenly perspective of someone of the generations of the heavens sees. How God sees. And it was like seeing through sapphire stones, seeing through sapphire living waters, and the earth was down below, and the vision and the headship was like the entire solar system above the earth. So, God is going to open our eyes to have a cosmic eagle or bird's eye view. Amen. So the eagle ascends, and we shall rise on wings as eagles for what? Cosmic perspective. Heavenly Jerusalem perspective. Vision from above. Eye salve that sees. Revelation chapter 3. What is true eye salve? A cosmic perspective of Revelation 5.10. They shall rule with Jesus Christ over the earth. How do you rule with Jesus Christ over the earth? A rejection of earthly fathers and mothers, which is simply a rejection of witchcraft, a rejection of the animal curse, a rejection of the human being. God drove out the human being. We've been trying to add God to the human being ever since, which is called practicing sorcery. Practicing Christianity is practicing divinity and driving out the human being and its false perspective inside our hearts and inside our minds daily. That's what we die daily to. We die daily only to the animal, which is the human being that God does not accept. That's why it's written, no one comes to God except through Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ destroys the old Adamic nature and brings forth his own nature in the body of Christ and not your own body, his body, because he is the impartation of the divine nature for those who believe in spirit. Mm -hmm. Out of your belly, which means out of the genetics of God, will flow rivers to deal with your humanity. When you stop dealing with your humanity, you put down your cross and you no longer follow him. John 6.6.6 And many no longer followed him, it is written. Why? They chose the animal Mm -hmm. instead of the angelic nature. This word is too hard. Who can hear it? Eat my flesh and drink (laughs) my blood? 
Even the twelve were shook. Well, where else can we go? No one else has the words of life. At what point is the word too hard for us to hear? How can I get up and put my own garments on again? You know, there, there's the part where he's drawing you out. He's drawing you up. It requires a certain price. Those things that got you this far are the very things that you'll sacrifice to go up. It costs the vision of even a God inside minded person who receives vision from God. We sacrifice those prophetic gifts and all those good and perfect gifts that come down from above at the cost of that vision, especially if you've been a fan of, you know, the prophetic vision of that movement that went through the 80s and even through the 2000s and that was built upon and developed and you thought maybe you'll spend the next 20 years or 40 years developing that prophetic gift that's what you sacrifice to go up and it's very normal once you go up into the sun and once you start walking on sapphire stones it's very normal and it starts to happen organically you begin to be uh, developing your eyes your actual eyes of your real body begin to open it's like Neo getting pulled out of the matrix and he's like, oh, you know, he can see a little bit. We start to see a little bit in a real way, not just in a prophetic sight and prophetic vision. I saw this and I saw that, but those visions that we have left over from kind of church age, but even God inside minded, it can be really inaccurate. They're left and then they're right. It's hit and miss. When it comes to cosmic vision, when you sacrifice that soulish vision of that gift from God, the spiritual gift, and you go up sapphire stones, your true eyes open. So it's not just a prophetic sight gift in here. It's your actual body, your cosmic body of your spirit seated in the heavenly places with Christ. Your eyes open and as you ascend, he affixes more eyes to you. You'll have more and more eyes and more dimensions and they're like more like luminaries than eyeballs. So eyes that are full of light, <laughs> focused on Christ. Well, single, my eyes single and full of light. You say I have more eyes than one. Get some revelation, man. Each eye affixed to you like the morning star single and full of his light that's what it is unless you don't want to be transfigured in your inner man into the form like angels as you rise to the angelic ranks through the nine spheres of the angelic ranks at each level through your spirit through all the layers of the soul and then later on in the transfiguration of your flesh you have to let go of the way that you think that God's going to do it and stop worrying about having to try or hold on to old vision or I'm this kind of a seer not anymore you're not put it to death go up sapphire stones and regain your true vision as an angelic being as a spirit as Elohim 
Bereshit bara Elohim at in the beginning. He created what? Barashit created six. Is that the number of man? Why is that the number of man? In our spirit, soul, and body, mm -hmm. if that fire rose of the Vav is separated from the higher stones, an idolatry of Shekinah apart from the Godhead, not recognizing the kingdom of heaven within us, it's only that six on its own. So you have six, that number of that Vav, in your spirit, and your soul, and in your flesh. Six, 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 mark of the beast. Mm. Which is what? In the realm of the soul, which is image-bearing, we talked about the Zelim last night, you're going to be bearing the image of birds, beasts, and reptiles in the heavenly places or in the earthly places in the dimension of Yetzirah in your soul. So we're cleansing that place of image-bearing. And as it burns up to the surface and you notice something sitting on the face that shouldn't be there, lay your hand on your spirit, put your hand on your face, burn it out. Sacrifice it. Kill it. Crucified to death with Christ daily. And just destroy. Some of those things don't deserve a spot on the golden altar, but a place out in Gehenna at the place of the skull burning in a fiery trash heap. And that's where they need to go. So we're getting more accurate in our priesthood. What goes in the Gehenna pile of burning trash and, you know, outside of the city gates? And what is inside the city as a perfect, holy, spotless offering on the golden altar? So we're getting more discerning. It's a higher priesthood. We're learning from Michael the archangel, Michael the priest, of the horns of the altar. Where are the horns of the altar? The sun, the sun of righteousness. When does the Son of Righteousness become the Son of Holiness? Oh, there's a mystery. What did they say? Take the blood, put it on your right ear, put it on your right thumb, and on your right big toe. Then take the remainder of the blood and splash it, mix it with the anointing, and put it on the altar. And then anything that touches that altar is going to be made holy. And you use that... The, the smeared blood. What does the, the ear represent? Hakma, right side. Hesed. And your right foot, Netzah. That's the right side that is subject to the lusts of Moloch, who in the black sapphire stones that have the appearance of lapis lazuli, of Book One of Enoch, that influence on the right side, since the curse of the fall of man, subject to the lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, and the pride of life of Moloch, that blood goes directly on the right side to deal with those impurities and to make you clean. It's heavenly, holy priesthood. The horns of the altar of the sun. That's where those things will burn up, and I'll tell you the truth. If you need something fixed, in your family, at your workplace, in your marriage or with your kids, whatever it is in your life, your job, your workplace, your own personal life, there is no more room for you to complain about anything that family says or does to you until you're walking in the sun of righteousness. Why? Until that animal nature burns up in righteousness, 
it is simply going to be you and your animal life complaining about another animal life. How do I know this? I've done it myself. So how do you get your family to actually change? How do you get things in your life to actually improve? How are you going to make sure that you're not just going the same thing, religion and rebellion, and your family keeps doing the same thing, or your friends keep doing the same thing, your career is just going in the same broken record of an endless loop of torment? This is the only way to do it. Everything else that you're looking for, trying to do, trying to reason, trying to pray, 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 it'll never work. You might have some breakthrough here and there, some little thing, but it's never going to actually change. This is how you bring judgment upon yourself and your family and his judgments are good. You raise a standard like Noah, a man of righteousness, who knew how to till the soil. He raised a standard and flooded. What happens when you get into the sun of righteousness? It burns up that animal nature and your spirit is no longer the same. You become a spirit of the righteous. You transform in the sun of righteousness. And what that does is it brings the judgment like a flood upon everyone around you in your life. And what it's going to do is it's either going to lift them up or judge them out of your life. And we've seen this time and time again. But until you're actually getting up into the sun and making the own sacrifice of your own self, don't expect anything with your family, your marriage, your kids, your workplace, your own personal life, your friends, to ever change until you personally raise a standard and get into the sun. It is now no longer about them, what they do to you, what they say to you, what they believe, their rebellion, their disobedience, their lack of understanding, their lack of spirituality and holiness and all that. It's not about that anymore. You can no longer from here at the sound of my voice, you can no longer use them as an excuse. That's over, that's done. Now it's on you. It's always on us to rise. It's never about the other person. You cannot control other people and their decisions. But what you can do is take responsibility for your own self life and surrender it to God, bring it to the cross, and instead of seeing the obvious sins of the others around you, look for that more subtle form on the inside of you. Where can you improve? Where can you walk in more righteousness, holiness? How can you, you get into the sun of righteousness? Only from there will you be able to even help. And once you get there, you don't go down to help. You simply point out the ladder, and now you've raised a standard. What that does is it forces it upon their heads to either change and get burnt up or be permanently burnt out unless God gives them the grace to repent from there on out. So that is what you must do. It's the only thing that works and what we've seen time and time again, it works consistently. That is the only way you're going to help people to rise is you go up. You do it. And the only way that we are even able to help you rise is we've gone up and done it and now we speak the words and those words contain that seed and that instruction from the mistakes that we've made, the, the ways we've learned the hard way, we share those things so that you don't have to go through the same heartache. 
of the same lessons. That you can do the right thing the first time and not go around and around and wonder how to go up and why things don't work out. We're telling you here and now, this is how you go up. This is how you do it. And that is what's going to springboard to change the rest of your life. And then you'll be walking a righteous life, a holy, consecrated life. And that is the only thing that should be at the forefront. What are your plans for this summer? Get into the sun. Walk in righteousness. Everything else will depend on that. So, Jesus said, planks and specks. Vision on the outside instead of the inside. So what's a goat? A hypocrite. What's a sheep? A sacrifice. And he said they both coexist inside the covenant religion. He's only dealing with people that believe. Amongst believers, there be those that have planks and specks that are critical and judgmental of others, but never applying the gospel or the Torah of Messiah to their own transformation of their inner man. So for your cup to overflow, the overflow is from your transformation. Jesus Christ said, when I am lifted up, I'll draw all men to myself. If there's no lifting up, there's no drawing. What's the drawing? The recreating of creation around you. The higher you go up, the more creation is restoration of all things around you. So it takes no divinity to be a hypocrite. Jesus said that'd be the nature of those that have the covenant religion and even the covenant teaching. They had the whole Bible. They'd study it night and day. They tried to obey it, but only with their outer man, with no transfiguration of their inner man. And Jesus Christ said by doing so, it made them the children of the devil. Children of the devil ministries. Mm. (laughs) And it's a lot more common than you think. They're usually the ones attacking and condemning us because we're all about the transfiguration of the inner man, which is the exact Mm. opposite of what they practice. Those that are just good on the outside live by rules and regulation, which is the interpretation of Scripture through Satan. Satan had a Torah in the Gospel. Satan's Torah. He quoted Torah constantly to Messiah in the temptations of the wilderness, which means angels have divine teachings. Angels of light that deceive. Okay? Now, there's a whole class of demons called dazzling demons. Okay, there's a class of demons that teach light, which is teach divinity. We call them religious demons or religious spirits. That's usually what's wrong with people, is they have a form of godliness that denies the power of. What's the power of the gospel? The death of Jesus. It denies the death to self and the transfiguration of the inner man. And only in the transfiguration of the inner man do the above abilities become activated in you for the realization that you're born again and have become the generations of the heavens. These are the generations. What's generations? Seed and race of the heavens. God wants to transfigure you through a constant repentance of animal hypocrisy, which is satanic divine teaching of dazzling demons. Demons of light that pretend to teach sound doctrine, but it has no 
resurrection into the abilities of Jesus Christ in your eternal spirit. This is also known as Esau, because it's a food. He had to eat. He had to eat that now in order to lose his true inheritance from God, which means it's a food that is digested and desired and a rejection of one food and a reception of another. So you're either going to be taught the Christianity of dazzling demons or the Christianity of the holy angels, of the archangels that teach revelation. Archangels, one of their jobs in scripture is to teach you the secret mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. Demons, they'll teach you the secret mysteries of the kingdom of heaven from their own fallen perspective so that you're still separated. So if a person is still living separated and doesn't have a transformation of their soul into the heavenly life, 100% of the time they're being taught Christianity and the things of God from demons of light. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when we talk about the demonic shells, like the part of the sapphire stones that are getting circumcised, that throne of Satan with the appearance of lapis lazuli that appears like alabaster but is not that instead of the ivory tower of King David's tower that part that needs circumcised out of the bride cosmically out of our universe the shells come in layers so and each tree that we go up, right? We call them the trees, the different worlds. We're in Yetzirah now. There's a peeling away, there's a circumcising. And then you go up to the next level. Let's say you deal with Netza or Venus on one level, and then you go to the next level and you deal with another layer of it. When you go through the layers of circumcision of those false sapphire stones the outer shells probably more obvious like you know or if, if you have some experience seeing on sapphire stones with cosmic eyes for a while you start to get to know oh that's obviously black moon or that's obviously black venus but as you go up it gets more subtle it gets more subtle and as you go through closer and closer to the true light on the inside the very last shell is actually called radiance. Most people would stop once they get to the radiance and say, oh, that's the god I worship. But it's really stolen Shekinah. It's the most deceiving of all. And on my first time, the spirit took me on a, an out-of-body journey to show me the radiance of that stolen light of that shell in its higher form. I could not discern it correctly, and even when I could discern it, the wickedness of my human fallen nature desired it, and I was jealous of that light that, that was given to the wicked. And so, and it's one of those things where the Holy Spirit was very present there with me. So even though I was aware of all these things, it's not like you hide it, you can't pretend. It's just an encounter to understand the reality of the situation, the reality of the fall of your own human nature. When you're aware of the presence of God, it's not, you cannot pretend. You'd have to be, 
I don't understand how dense we have to be to, to pretend like that in, in front of God. There's still ways that, that we're blind and that we don't see in those higher realms, but there's just no room for pretending. He's just right there. And this is what's this is what the human nature is. No no pomp, no oh God emotional covering up of fig leaves under the guise of worship. <laughs> worship Adorning the adorning, apron ministries. Right. Instead of adorning the glory with words of Torah, that's worship. People might wonder, you know, how did you get to do all this? You must worship for hours. Not really. You grew in grace. That's right. You basically just have to deny religion mm -hmm. and allow the Holy Spirit and His angels mm -hmm. to develop what they began in you. He is faithful to finish what he started, which means he does the upgrading and the mm -hmm. building unless the Lord builds the house and you're the house of God. The laborers labor mm -hmm. in vain. So the whole enemy's strategy is get you into vanity mm -hmm. and labor for a part of you that God doesn't want to develop or build. It's called the animal. It's the mm -hmm. 666. It's the human being. Yeah. All temptation is for false divinity in the human being truth anyhow amen no, <laughs> i don't really kumbaya a whole lot i love a good kumbaya on top of the mountain just as much as anybody you know it, it's nice i i like that but you won't really find me flailing about flailing my arms around and singing and you know jumping around for hours on end it's not really like that there's a time and a place where, you know, rejoice and dance and sing. We'll be dancing a little bit more because we want to feed, we want to feed the orphans, right? We want to feed the people. We're having an orphan celebration. Yeah. Uh, David danced to feed the nations, so, you know, there's always a purpose. It's not just like, how can I work up the glory or get God to notice me? It's, it's just not like that. It's really not like that. It's his agenda his ways of course you know he loves the dancing he loves the music he loves the singing he loves it but if you're missing the the key parts it, it's just nothing it, it's wearisome it's not true worship you have to worship in spirit you can't really worship in spirit if your spirit is devoted to iniquity under the guise of christianity how do you rid the soul and the spirit of iniquity the spirit of in, in, of iniquity in the spirit Rise on sapphire stones, Malkut, into Tifret, into the sun, and then through Keter, and get a sparkling conscience. That's what your spirit is. Bob Jones teaching. You gotta cleanse your conscience. It's not something that God does for you. He says you do it. Cleanse your conscience. So we learn how to do it. And what did he say? What did Bob Jones say? Fly into the sun. There you go. You see that? Fly like an eagle. Fly into the sun. And no amount of kumbaya, singing and flailing around and crying and praying in tongues and... You could do that for the next 40 years in the wilderness and never grow up. It's about being accurate. It's about understanding and finding out as it's written what is that good and perfect will of your Heavenly Father. What is His good and perfect will in your life? What does He have written about you for today? for this coming week, for the next couple years. Short-term plans, long-range plans. Understanding the Word 
which is a lamp unto my feet, and a light unto my path. If you have the lamp to your feet, but you don't understand the light to your path, or maybe you know the light to your path, and you've seen a vision of a far-off future, and you know that's the God, that that is what God desires, but you're missing the lamp to your feet for your next steps, how are you going to accomplish that which God wills to accomplish in your life? You must know the Word of God in the Spirit and in truth and the power to change your life, and your testimony will be the power of a changed life. In reality and not just in thought, in action and in deed, not just in imagination or different experiences of trancing out and, you know, visions and things like that. It's, it's solid, it's real, and all those other things come along with it. So we want to not just do all the little details of what it's supposed, what we think it's supposed to be, but have the main thing and the sort of the spirit alive and active working in us, rising. Those who wait upon the Lord will rise up on wings like eagles. <laughs> so, if we're doing our own thing, we're not waiting on Him and His plan or to hear His word, waiting at the, what it say, the portal of wisdom every day to hear a word from wisdom. Again, the book, book of Proverbs, where is the portal of wisdom? What, what is the blessing in the book of Proverbs promised for those who wait for a word from wisdom at that portal every day? What is that blessing? Have you seen it? What is that promise? I guarantee you want that. Guarantee you want it. So you go in and you study it until it's revealed to you. And then you go there and you learn to go faithfully every day. And then you'll have the wisdom you need to accomplish all that you set out to do. Amen. Mounting wings as eagles and soaring. So the eagle represents getting above the enemy and having a perspective from above and also the ability to see. An eagle can be about a mile over the earth, you know, soaring up there with airplanes sometimes, and it can spot a mouse or prey a mile down. So it's all about elevation. The issue is getting the elevation and the priority in your spirit and out of your brain. Romans 8, carnal-minded or brain, vision and brain-led has no elevation. It's on the earth. And so if your mind is on the earth, you're under the foul birds, which is a forfeit of that cosmic, heavenly perspective, destiny, and inheritance of the above, which is the generation of the heavens. So you're not really Israelite yet. You're not really, honestly, you're not really Christian yet. Why? Because Christ is only above. Mm -hmm. Now, it might be offensive, but it's the truth anyhow, because those abilities of the person are completely dormant in you and not activated, and you're mostly living, after you're born again, in the carnal mind, through carnal reasoning, sense and reasoning, Christianity is no mm -hmm. Christianity at all. It's wickedness. And so we practice wickedness after we're born again, which is why we need the fivefold teachers from the heavenly generations to show us what the new creature is and to get rid of the old 
violently, viciously, crucifying it, killing it. Anathema is the word used in the New Testament. Every part of you that's not of God's sperm and seed and eternal nature has to be incinerated as a burnt offering. That's why you're required to live as a sacrificial offering, holy and acceptable to God every day. Otherwise, there's no development of divinity in the part of you that's born again. Amen. So as you rise on wings as eagles, it's an illustration of eating a certain food for a people that know what part of them is being developed. Most Christians just think it's for the soulish part of them. And they haven't even come into Hebrews 4.12, the word of God dividing asunder soul from spirit. So they eat into the dead part of them. They eat into the Adamic curse of death. The Eve curse of death. And if you eat Christianity, and you eat the teachings of Christianity into the Adam or Eve part of you, you will surely die. It's like eating knowledge. Mm -hmm. Knowledge puffs up, but the spirit builds up because you haven't hit your Mm -hmm. spirit. So when revelation comes forth, it illuminates your spirit so you can have the diet of eagles, Mm -hmm. and the eagles represent angels. Mm. Uh, What does it say in scripture, Psalms? They ate the bread of angels. Mm. Or you can say they ate the bread of eagles. Mm. Right, that's from the storehouse of wisdom. So wisdom has killed her beasts, right? And she builds those seven pillars, her palace, palace built on seven pillars which we talked about the book five books of torah and those two hidden books because there are seven books like we've already established there are seven books of torah the representation of those two inverted nuns those books in the cloud the heavenly wisdom the living word of god the living word of god for the righteous. Now the righteous are barely saved. Who are the righteous? Those who have risen into the sun of righteousness. So if you're lower than barely saved, it's not a great place to be. It's being blown. It's mostly deceived and the knowledge you have about God is an external in the brain that wars against the spirit of wisdom revelation. That's why you find your main enemy are believers in Christianity. As it is written in the scriptures, your enemies will be the members of your own household. It is written. Amen. (laughs) So you're going from drinking to destiny. And the drink is important, the purity of the drink. The deeper wells of Hakma and Bina, drink from them. Proverbs 2 verse 6. Wisdom is a gift from a generous God. Wisdom versus knowledge, right? What did Brandon just say about knowledge? The knowledge puffs up. Look at the sapphire stone chart in your imagination for a moment. Do you remember the sphere of Da'at represented by Pluto? With that dotted line, it's kind of an invisible sphere. That chasm of that abyss, that's in the mind realm. That is the right where the mark of the beast is? That's the mark of the beast. That is the mark of the beast. Mm -hmm. It's the mark of human knowledge. Right, so there's one on... They have it on the, on the, it's on the head. Mm-hmm. That represents the bone. That is actually exactly where the bone throne of Satan is. That's why it's such an ordeal when you make the crossover from Hesed to um, Bina. 
right from Jupiter to Saturn. The mark of demonic influence in the forehead. It's like a chasm of that the demonic. So there's one that's on the head, the other one is on the left hand. And that is marked with Gevra. Those are those two main portals to hell of mm-hmm. the sapphire stones. That's why Revelation says the mm-hmm. mark, mark of the beast being the head and the hand. Yep. That's it's what Pluto the, it, and Mars. Yep, those are the two. So that's why when it comes to, you know, rising, standing on the sun, you have to be able to stand in the day of judgment, right? The day, what is the day of judgment? It's Gevra. (laughs) You have to, you know, understand that the judgments of God are good and have that judgment and mercy, truth, truth and love balanced on display in your life. Blood and water, red and white of Jesus poured out. There's a mystery in there. You can understand. He has unlimited power, but he never displays it in anger. He never uses it in anger, it's written. So, you know, you deal with that black cloud of judgment. And then you have mercy, grace, and nice, and nice. You still, then you deal with false love and all that. Always a greater level of false love on the right side you're dealing with. Always on the left side, you're dealing with the balances of judgment and severity. So, by the end of it, he's tempering you and sharpening your sword. Right, the sword is the word of God, sapphire stones. How is it sharpened? By removing the excess that doesn't need to be there, those shells on the left and on the right, so that it gets sharpened. But so that knowledge, that bone thrown at, that portal in the head, that mark of the beast, that's the place of knowledge. Knowledge of or about the glory, apart from him. Having knowledge about God, but never coming to understanding. What's understanding? Bina. So that means having tasted of Hesed. And God have mercy on us to not fall into this. And then just not being able to cross over to understanding. Right? Getting sucked into that the mind dimension, that portal of hell. Of knowledge, knowledge, knowledge. I don't have any more resources. I, if I can just find... If I can just find all the knowledge that they have that they haven't shared yet, (laughs) then I can just, I can do it. I can attain it. That's not how it works. Do you understand? Every step we've gone along the way has cost us the sacrifice of what we already know. The things we want to know. That desire when the brain starts pulling like, give me, give me knowledge. The overwhelming, oh, I just can't. And you have to literally put it down and not even go there and sacrifice it and say, Like David, King David, man after God's own heart, I am content. Like a little baby child on its mother's breast, I am content. Not to worry about those things that are too high for me right now. But let's be faithful with what we've already been given. And then he gives you more. That's how you do it. Then the understanding, the knowledge comes later, but it'll be the Holy Spirit of knowledge. Instead of my brain, your brain's desire for more mystical knowledge, which will do absolutely nothing for you. And anyone who uses even the knowledge from these revelatory teachings out of any of our videos, a curse is already upon them. When they take the knowledge and use it as their own teaching, a curse is already upon them. And it will never benefit them. It will only curse them and curse them further. Why? That's how it works. You must give honor where honor is due. If anyone goes on to teach 
these realms of sapphire stone and the revelation of Jesus Christ that have been given through this apostleship, through these teachings, it will only reap thistles and thorns and be a curse to them. Why? Because there is a protocol of heaven. You must give honor where honor is due and credit where credit is due, something that we've walked in. That's Thou something shalt that we not do. Steal. It is written. <laughs> or they'll have to pay seven times back. So that's for wisdom and that's a the decree. Uh, most of you, you're faithful students, that's not for you, but we take care of some kingdom business while we're here. Mm-hmm. So as knowledge, now we understand that's the bone throne of Satan. If you just go seeking after mystic knowledge, all you will endeavor to do is build Satan's throne. Thinking that you're trying to learn sapphire pavement, you are building the kingdom of Satan. So repent in anywhere if that strikes something in you let it go just repent i repent bam let Only it go spirit builds all other laboring is witchcraft you know cain's the first one to build cities and he's called the son of the evil one in genesis and in peter and so inheriting everything as it is written restoration of all things and the inheritance of vineyards you didn't plant and houses you didn't build God allows the enemy demons and through wicked sinners to build on earth but the inheritance of the upright comes from all the works of the devil just like Canaan and everything they've done washed sanctified in the water of the word and given to the righteous who obey him and know him It is fascinating that if you study the Bible, all the inheritance came through the washing of what the enemy did and handing it over to the righteous. As it is written, the wealth of the wicked is stored up for the righteous. So there's a place of rest in the righteousness of Jesus Christ where the angels are continuously transferring to you what the enemy values as treasure. Now this is an interesting thing. The Bible talks about the trading, that he traded even his pride for an inheritance when Lucifer fell. And you read about in Revelation 13, free and slave without the mark on their right hand or their forehead, without the mark of the beast, it's impossible to buy or sell. And I know paranoid schizophrenic religionists have destroyed the revelation of this verse. I just want you to understand through great wisdom, it's also completely celestial and mystical for the fullest deepest angelic interpretation every single time you cannot exaggerate the mysticism of the book of revelation it is completely angelic even at an enoch level okay what what did the angel say to him before he got to write what he saw that he saw he saw a door in heaven and the angel said come up come up here And so, what's the trading, then, of not buying and selling without that mark of Dot and Gavura? It's hell working within the inheritance of Lucifer. So, it's not like, oh, I can't open a bank account at Wells Fargo. It's not about that earthly animal wisdom. It's dog interpretation. 
It's about not being able to buy and sell within Satan's kingdom, living within the kingdom of Jesus Christ inside the city gates, for outside the city gates are those who buy and sell with the fallen angels. Through what? The mark of the human being in their foreheads, which is carnal-mindedness. So as your mind's renewed, you go into the kingdom to get the inheritance of the righteous, which is living by the fruit of your lips instead of the sweat of your brow. Wisdom is your inheritance, and it kills beasts. The transfer and the trading is your cross. Not going to Satan for buying and selling through the spirit of Babylon and witchcraft, which is what you do when you don't sacrifice yourself. If you're not sacrificing yourself, by default, you're in Satan's kingdom, and buying and selling in Satan's kingdom through the mark of the beast is sacrificing others. Mm -hmm. And if you haven't noticed, they're all hypocrites. Not one mm -hmm. of them is righteous, not one, all their righteousness like filthy rags. Behold, they're all sinners. So living in sin is living within that mark in the forehead, living within mm -hmm. fallen human knowledge and human wisdom. And that's what's being refined out of you through divine inspired teaching. Divine teaching of the fivefold of the river of life and the bloodline of Jesus Christ builds up the spirit for the inheritance that Jesus Christ already has in his possession and shares freely through grace through those who develop his nature on the inside. And it's gradual, and the outside will fight it, and the inside will overcome. Never in 24 years have I had a confrontation with the kingdom of hell where the Holy Spirit didn't come in like a flood. Don't matter if it's big, don't matter if it's small, I have never to this date in thousands of confrontations with demons, systems of demons, principalities of demons, kingdoms of demons, ever seen the Holy Spirit or Jesus Christ lose. What's interesting is in the conflict and in, in the wrestling, it exposes in me corruption in the human being, areas of the 666 in the unrenewed mind, in the head, in the hand, or of hell's influence in the crooked, wormy DNA, or the lack of faith, or the lust, or the pride, and all the attributes of the human being get revealed in the conflict, and then you choose this day whom you serve, Jesus or Satan. Jesus on the inside, and you go up, or Satan, or just the animal, or the human being on the outside, or you stay at the same level, and if you don't repent, then backslide completely off the mountain, back into the sand, and end up, like the scriptures say, seven times worse than you were before you were born again. The latter condition's worse than the former, it is written. They'd be better off having never come into the knowledge of the Son of God, it is written. So, you have the constant conflict of the human being and the resurrected being. Who's going to win in your life? And it's that constant friction, they're like sandpaper represented in John the Baptist wearing the camel hair inside out so that the divine nature would win, represented in the river of life and the irritation towards the flesh. Mm -hmm. So his spirit man would win. And Jesus Christ said about that type of behavior and lifestyle that it was the greatest expression of the prophetic of all time. Why? It was leaning on the divine nature, on the angelic nature, against the religious nature, against the serpentine wisdom for all demonic activity comes with serpent wisdom. They came down to the, the river and what did John the Baptist say? You brood of vipers, who will save you from going to hell? 
He called them serpents and serpentine, and their Judaism was serpent wisdom, which was only outside, only outer man. Christianity that's only outside, only outer man, is serpentine wisdom, worldly wisdom, human Christianity, antichrist, coming in the guise of Christ, and that's what you wrestle out of you continuously until Christ be fully formed in you through resurrection. Then the inheritance is given to those who have been risen by grace. So you have two companies, grace and no grace. Grace or self and self-justification, self-approval, self-interpretation. They read the scripture and they just speak out of their brain and their self. That person still has 666 in their forehead. Their inheritance is not in Christ or in grace. And that is most Christians now. Not that their spirit wouldn't go into heaven, but their souls in hell with demonic influence through their brain and senses and reasoning right now. Our job in the fivefold is to perfect the faith, which is to perfect the spirit to conquer the soul in its senses and reasoning through sapphire fire in a constant baptism of fire that comes through the sapphire stones. The sapphire stones is walking in the fire of God. Not just a baptism of the fire and you remain on earth. You would have lost that fire and been seven times worse according to the scriptures. But increasing the fire by rising up in the fire, using the fire for what it's for, to return to God the Father in heaven with your whole heart. Amen. Rend your hearts, not your garments. Why? Because he wants your hearts to rise and take over your souls, your mind, your senses, your reasoning, and you can do it through the Word of God. The Word of God is the food for the Spirit. Then you'll correctly divide the Word of truth and be a workman who's not ashamed. What's that work? Believing in the one God sent. What did God send? His Word, like manna, into our hearts to feed our spirit, to be angelic, and to overcome our animal natures. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. That's really powerful. <laughs> is in that, That's so right. If you are using... The word of God through your brain, you're building the bone throne of Satan, which is evidence that you're in the army of Satan because you're advancing his kingdom through the five natural senses uncrucified. Right? How did Bob Jones say you would get the golden glorified senses? By going up. Mm-hmm. That's how you do it. You go up. The kingdom of heaven is within you. Now, that verse in Revelation. Revelation 14, verse 9. And the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast in his image and receive his mark in his forehead, or his hand, da'at, or gevra, if we look at the Greek, let's scroll down here, and your forehead, it's funny that the forehead word is metopon, it sounds like a, like a messed up version of metatron. Mm. And, uh, okay, like a false thing. Okay, but look, we're looking at the hand here. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce Greek at all. So, kir, this is C-H-E-I-R in the transliteration. That is uh, Strong's G5495, if you want to look that up, from Revelation 14. Now, that word for hand, right, we're talking about the left hand of Gevra. 
that is a figurative, um, that is a figure of applied to God, symbolizing his might, activity, or power. So that hand, if they have a mark of the beast, mm. on this figurative symbol of the power, the might of God, where is the spirit of might? Do you remember from the master class? Mm-hmm. Gevra, mm-hmm. spirit of might. The left hand. The left hand. <laughs> That's from the, you know, beast Adam. Or God. Right, cosmic Adam <laughs> in the beginning, before they were, before Eve was removed from his side, right? You have male and female and God all united together. Okay. And it's also here, another one of the meanings here is in punishing, right? The left side of Gevra, that is the side of severe judgment. In determining and controlling the destinies of men. You see that? Destiny. So if this is something that's a mark of the beast, but it is where it should be, the power of God, the activity of God, symbolizing his might or his Holy Spirit of might, what that tells us is it's that uncircumcised part around the shell, right? The shell around that sapphire stone of what should be the influence of the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ within you in your life. So without circumcision, you're going to have that portal of hell, which is what is the hand? It has to do with your deeds, the left hand, the mysteries. And so we don't want to have that portal of hell active, that wrong judgment, that unnecessary severity, right? When we're severe, when God wants to show mercy and and, and grace and compassion, because he's the merciful, compassionate one, right? He does have severity. You must know his kindness and severity, truth and love, perfectly balanced with truth on display. But when we're severe in anger, Right, Jesus said, what is it said of Jesus? He has unlimited power. He holds unlimited power, mm-hmm. right? The mysteries of his left hand, but he never uses it in anger. Wow. So even his severity, he's calm and humble and balanced. He never uses it in anger. His anger might break out for moments, you know, last for the night, but the joy comes in the morning, Count, the grace. Counsel and might, has said in Gevura, like the yep. cosmic menorah. Your balancing. right hand and left hand. Yep. Hmm. So good. And uh, so your destiny, determining it's, and controlling. Isn't control. that fascinating? It says it's only written in the hand, and it doesn't say hands. Bo- both hands. Yeah, it's only Gevra, because those are those two portals. Gevra <laughs> is a portal of hell, uh, uncircumcised. And Da'at is that bone throne of Satan. And so it's not just the left John hand. John is so deep in the cosmic mm-hmm. wisdom of Enoch Seven in the book thunders. of Revelation. It's going to blow your minds. That's the door. That's Enoch's door. He went in <laughs> Enoch's door. The angel said, come up here. Yeah. What did you see right before you got into the sun this last summer? You saw the door. Yeah, I you saw two doors of light. One right here at Joel's Bar and one, at one in the penthouse. The door. Yeah. Here's the door. Come up here. Come on. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I knew it was Enoch's door, but I didn't really rec- understand. It's like, it's mind-blowing. Where it would How bring me. You? Yeah, it's, it's a journey. <laughs> so when we're talking about Gevra, not only is it the hand here. It also includes your arm and the shoulder region. What's over here? Put your hand right next to your shoulder. What's that? Your left shoulder. Take your right hand. Everybody take your right hand. Right hand. Oh, yeah. The government will be on your shoulder. And what's right below the shoulder here, right next to it? What organ is that that pumps blood through your veins? My heart. The heart. Ah, yeah. That's also (laughs) part of Gevra. So he's dealing with the heart. That's circumcision of the heart. That's so you're dealing with the witchcraft of the heart, right? The intentions of the heart, the pure in heart will see God. 
And then when you're dealing with the head, you're dealing with the sorcery, right? Because red magic is that middle pillar. It's either red righteousness, right? Red righteousness or red sorcery, Balaam sorcery, Mm -hmm. or the bone throne of Satan, the bone throne of Satan in the head. So you deal with the witchcraft in the head or in the heart, witchcraft in the heart. And then you deal with the sorcery in the mind. Those are those two portals of hell, which is the menorah lamp, right? The seven spirits of God and all those true sapphire stones circumcised. So it's him and him and his nature being formed in us so that we partake of his nature. We're becoming partakers of the divine nature. That's a word for somebody's study tonight uh, there in the masterclass that... Not everyone, but there's someone who need to hear that tonight. If you've been looking for a specific class that you're supposed to study, it is Partakers of the Divine Nature. You can find that in the master class. That's for you. Uh, your, your angels will let you know uh, who it is watching. I'm not sure who it is, but you'll know when you hear it. That's for you. But yeah, you're becoming a partaker of the Divine Nature. Those seven spirits of God, seven spirit of God, Holy Spirit, blazing menorah lamp inside within you circumcised and washed in the hand, in your head, from the mark of the beast, no more Jezebel influence, no more cosmic unrighteous influence, fully blazing so that our hands will do the works of the Father, and close that portal of hell, which is the determining and controlling of the destinies of men. Right, you're going from drinking to destiny by wisdom, and the removal of sorcery, which is full salvation but look at this mm-hmm. wisdom rainbow round about you yeah the rainbow it's gonna burn through oh it feels good you're going from drinking to destiny Bina and Hakma get wisdom get understanding <laughs> if you're building out of what you think in your mind and what you do based on Christian external beliefs or even God inside minded beliefs but without cosmic circumcision without getting into the sun of righteousness you're building the throne of Satan. So first we stop what we're doing. Get circumcised and get into the sun of righteousness through sapphire stones. We have a whole free class you can take on it. And you can do it at home, regardless of your work hours, family situation, or anything. There's grace. Mm-hmm. So instead of building the throne of Satan, you want to build the seven pillars of wisdom's palace within you that's how you rise how are you going to do that how do you build with seven pillars of wisdom look proverbs 2 6 wisdom is a gift from a generous god god loves a cheerful giver why because he's generous and every word he speaks is full of revelation and that revelation It says, and becomes a fountain. Whoo! Becomes a fountain of understanding. That's Bina. Wisdom is a gift from a generous God. And every word he speaks is full of revelation. Mm -hmm. Wisdom and revelation. Spirit of wisdom and revelation. And becomes a fountain of understanding within you. And the next verse. For the Lord has hidden has a hidden storehouse of wisdom. Hidden storehouse of wisdom made accessible to who? 
Now, in the Passion Translation, it says his godly ones. But there's a little note there for the footnotes. And if you look at the footnotes, it calls it the righteous. So there's a hidden storehouse of wisdom made accessible to his righteous ones. That's in the sun. Son of righteousness. Mm. That is the hidden storehouse of wisdom. To the God inside minded above. Yep. He bec- Now listen to this. This is good. He becomes your personal bodyguard as you follow his ways. Cosmic righteousness. Protecting and guarding you as what? As you choose what is right. Whew. And what does the next verse say? Then, and only then, you will discover all that is just, proper, and fair, and be empowered to make the right decisions as you walk into your destiny. Proverbs 2 9. Mm. I could feel fresh oil pouring out of my head as you were saying that verse. Whew! That's how you're going to make the decisions. You can be empowered to make the right decisions as you walk into your destiny. How? By getting into the son of righteous, righteousness, becoming the spirit of a righteous man, a righteous woman, a righteous man. Building with the things that you find, gemstones, in this secret, hidden storehouse of wisdom in the sun. Where you receive that secret wisdom. I believe that's also called in scripture, strong meat for the mature. Amen. Under the sun is milk for babies. Above the sun, strong meat for the mature. Eat my flesh. And it's cosmic flesh. Transfigured flesh. The deeper wells, we've already talked in Revelation the last couple weeks in Joel's bar about Hakma and Bina, wisdom and understanding. Whatever you do, get wisdom, get understanding. Get wisdom, get understanding. They're the deeper wells you drink from. But as you drink from them, wisdom is a gift from a generous God, and every word he speaks is full of revelation and becomes a fountain. So you're going from deep well within, drinking as it comes down through sapphire stones, in the river drinking, on that first sapphire stone from Malkut. Drink until it becomes a fountain within you. Drink. What did Bob Jones say? You gotta access that well in here Get and draw the kingdom out. Draw Jeez. the kingdom out. Draw it out. Jesus forbade them to eat his earthly flesh and blood. Woman, do not touch me, for I have not yet ascended to my father. He said, but when I'm with my father, you will drink me again, which means you're eating and drinking cosmic flesh and cosmic blood of Jesus Christ, and that's what transfigures us. And it's a food, it's an understanding, it's a wisdom, it's an impartation, and it's a genetic coding of the heavenly generations, which is Jesus' bloodlines. Everyone that is his true brother and sister or his son and daughter is of that heavenly house and of that heavenly bloodline and the heavenly generations because they eat the heavenly flesh and they drink the heavenly blood 
and unless you drink the heavenly blood, you have no part in me. And Jesus Christ said, and you cannot be a Christian nor a disciple. Amen. Amen. The Malkut of Shekinah is within you, Jesus said. He said, the kingdom of heaven is within you. What was the mystery? He always spoke in mystery of sapphire stones. What was passed down in that tradition of Moses? Jesus was classically trained, maybe not recognized, not on the official role, but where was he when he was a kid? In the synagogue. What was he studying? Torah. Moses and the, pro the law and the prophets. <laughs> when they, you know, left Jesus behind that day and they went back and they found him, he was still in the synagogue. They called him rabbi. Even the Pharisees called him rabbi, which means master <laughs> teacher of Torah. Yep. <laughs> so where Jesus' disciples, uh, one of them was classically trained, right? Trained by Gamaliel. Right, he had the black moon training of Gamaliel. That's a black sapphire stone. He had, you know, that was, you know, Saul who turned to Paul. And he used, he forsook his wisdom of Judaism to become a fool for Christ. That was his destiny. But when it came to debates and arguments, he was real quick to use serpent wisdom to turn the Sadducees on the Pharisees and vice versa. To stay alive a little bit longer and continue his work until he was ready to go home. He's, and they said, they're going to kill you. And he's like, yeah, I know. Should you stone a Roman citizen? <laughs> yeah. He... <laughs> Always using wisdom to yeah. promote God in his spirit and his flesh. But other than him, the, <laughs> other, uh, the other apostles, they didn't have that, you know, synagogue training. They were fishermen. So what you had was, they didn't have the seed of the Pharisees. He told them, beware of the seed of the Pharisees. They were with Jesus. And he said, I have many more things to tell you, but you can't handle it right now. That grace of their lightning baptism by being in physical proximity to Jesus before, during, and after his resurrection gave them a special apostolic grace. That tree, right you go through Isaiah and Yetzirah, Berea, and you go up all the way till your outer man is, is transformed. The physical proximity to Jesus baked their outer man in a special kind of the lightnings of the ark of Shekinah glory in, inside of Jesus Christ as the living word. And that gave them, you know, he breathed on them. He gave them power and authority to work great signs and wonders. Now, why is, haven't we seen apostolic type of signs and wonders on a large scale for, you know, basically since the apostles? You see miracles, you see healings, even dead raising. But why is it not like that? He wanted you to grow that seed. <laughs> oh. He, he wanted you to grow that seed. <laughs> Into a tree. And then, that sustained growth. That long-term plan, you know. 
not just springing up real quick, but for that seed to develop within the bride to grow into maturity, that from the inside, through the deposit of the Holy Spirit, through every layer of those trees within you, until you reach, as it was written, full salvation. Oh, not just in the spirit. No. Oh, man. Can you feel it? But all the way through your soul and flesh to be partakers of the divine nature. What did Jesus pay for? So you're not just getting your external man baptized and, you know, the grace of someone who's walked a little bit farther than you and they lay hands on you or you're going to have a moment in the anointing or an open portal because people in Moravian Falls prayed for a hundred years and blast a hole in the heavens. That's good. That's fun. That's awesome. I want to go there and do that sometime. That'd be great. Forget about Disneyland. I want to go to Moravian Falls. I want to go check out the portals, you know? Like, if I have time, you know, something like that, maybe... Maybe a vacation where somebody's not trying to kill me would be nice. Always something external, isn't it? Instead of just your spirit man transfiguring into God himself. (laughs) And that's the long-term plan. He wants that... that, He's a gardener. His long-range plan of a gardener has been this last, you know, 6,000, 7,000 years of growth of that seed in the bride of Christ. One body, one spirit, one God of all. And so were the apostles of that first church age, that first, you know, the original that were around Jesus physically, instead of just getting baptized into his external presence, he said it's better if I go and send the Holy Spirit. Why is it better? Because you have the long-lasting fruit of that growing on the inside of you, And if it comes into full completion and maturity as you grow and getting out of those incubators, get into an open heavens, it'll be what he intended on the inside and on the outside. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, oh. man, it's strong. Oh, I think he really wants it. Oh, man. Oh. That's good. Amen. <laughs> so what's the difference between being wise as serpents and being what Jesus condemned the Pharisees, sons of serpents? Because when I said serpentine wisdom, I could feel the conflict. Only difference, it. you guys, is dead snake or living snake. That's it. It's the only difference. So Jesus said, be wise as serpents. Jesus said, just like Moses lifted up the serpent Ooh. in the wilderness, so shall the Son of Man be lifted up. <laughs> so Jesus said he's also operating in serpent wisdom. What's the difference? Crucified to death. One lives for a living serpent, which is sorcery, witchcraft, and all the kingdom of hell. The other one is a crucified serpent, which is God's divine nature. So it's fallen angel or holy angel. Cross or no cross, selfish religion, self-righteousness, or Jesus Christ's selflessness, the bride of the Lamb, married to the cross. Let it be magnified in all your hearts. The snake be crucified to death, the serpentine wisdom, and all living, active, energized, 
evil spirits and dazzling demons be crucified with the magicians and the magic arts as Satan and his angels in the guise of Christ be slaughtered and all your spirits, souls, minds, and bodies for the cross to be your salvation to kill the snake and use the killed snake like Moses for wisdom to go up the mountain and restore the glory to the earth. Amen. So the cross is the unfolding of all the wisdom. The Bible actually says that the cross is the wisdom of God, which means all the understanding and the genius of the one true God is hidden in Christ, it is written. It's not complicated, it's simple, it's all Jesus. Jesus is the way, which means Jesus is the sapphire stones. Jesus is the sun and the moon. Mm-hmm. It's written in Revelation. Yeah. That's what he says. What they lift up on the pole <laughs> in, uh, in the desert with Moses? Serpent. It was a sign of Jesus on the cross. Why was it a sign of Jesus on the cross? The snake represents the flesh. Right? That serpent flesh. The fallen nature that mankind has taken on. Jesus Christ became the flesh. He became sin. Who knew no sin that we might become the righteousness of God. How? Get into the bridegroom's chambers, the son of righteousness. Rise on sapphire stones. It's Jesus. It's him. Mm-hmm. Now that serpent flesh made him for a time a little lower than the angels. There's that serpent below. Now if you go through the angelic orders, right, the nine ranks of angelic orders, what's at the top? Seraphim. So when he rose from the grave and went back up through sapphire stones when he lived his life in such a way that was pleasing to god when you go up through angelic ranks in order what's the final one that you learn from the seraphim glorified serpent dragon fiery nature it's the devouring of your serpent nature What is that seraphim, holy serpent nature of Jesus Christ? I've seen him as the dragon in the second heavens. He devours your human nature. Why did the rod of Aaron, rod of Moses, become a snake? It's holy and said to have been carved out from the throne of God itself in the high heavens with the engravings of the name of God snake (laughs) seraphim wisdom seraphim wisdom and what did it do it swallowed the other two snakes seraphim means snake in Hebrew (laughs) so when they swallowed those snakes now what are those black and white and even red magic snakes of the three pillars that are uncrucified in the human nature, right? The three pillars of Freemasonry. Now see serpent, king, cobra, Jesus within your spirit, rising up and swallowing and devouring them. In our time, it won't just be the snakes of Janes and Jambres, but the serpent of their father, the red dragon, it takes a dragon to swallow a dragon. Embodied in Balaam. It takes a dragon to swallow a dragon. It takes a snake to swallow a snake. 
Why is it that Jesus Christ, if you see him in dragon form, flying through the second heavens, conquering? I'll ask you this, what is his color and the color of his eyes in that form? We might get into that someday, but if you see him and you know him in that form, it takes a dragon to swallow a red dragon. Why Let every did... dragon confess that Jesus came in the flesh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> we bound in chains and thrown in a lake of fire. You say that on repeat all around my house all Glory. the time. <laughs> all the time. Yep. But Jesus said the Shekinah of Malkut is within you. What is that? The kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven. It's within you. Hmm. Mystery of mysteries. What mystery is greater than mystery Babylon the Great? Well, in the book of Enoch, he said that the devil, the fallen angels, were given worthless mysteries. So if the final culmination of mystery Babylon the Great has had its time in today, <laughs> there is a greater mystery rising forth that they were never given. A pathway they've never known that no vulture has ever known. What pathway is that? That's the pathway between Bina and Hakma. A worthless maturity yeah. of mystery Babylon coming into the fullness of those stolen mysteries of the fallen angels, and that's what Babylon the Great is. But it's a worthless maturity. <laughs> it will all sink into the sea, it is written, by true maturity, which comes like a flood. Amen. The waters are being cleansed. Isn't it nice? To know that even the impossible in your life is possible through Christ. For those who believe, and you believe... This is your season to believe in the impossible for your life, for your family's life. It's time to stop looking at the faults and the sins of others, and time to rise on sapphire stones. I don't want to hear any excuse. I don't want to hear any complaints in the spirit realm. I don't want to hear your complaint prayers going up about your spouse, about your kids. I don't want to hear it. I want to hear <laughs> the greatness of the cross within you. I want to hear you praise his name and reading the heavenly Torah, studying the mysteries, taking the master class of righteousness and going up sapphire stones until you get in that sun and you burn and become the angel-like son of God. Angel-like sons of God, manifesting sons of God in reality in your spirit. And then watch how things are going to change. And you do that. And bring the holy, divine judgment and compassion. Like a flood. Amen. Amen. Bless you guys. I'm really encouraged and want to thank everyone for their support. And the orphanage fundraiser, we've raised already over $2,400 oh, wow, in the first day, in just in 24 hours. Thank you. And we have four more days to go before we're going to write a check for RLM Africa to do mm. our big orphanage celebration. And I'm really excited oh, about it. Yes. So I, I want to make our goal 5000 for the week. 
Amen. And if God puts it on your heart the next few days, just give generously into this and understand that this was the heavenly prescription from God the Father to destroy the principality of delay in the entire body of Christ. Amen. Amen. Bless you guys. We'll see you tomorrow.
para que sufrir si no hace falta.